Well, we did cover this before, but we're going to cover it again. Because we're not quite done. About three weeks ago, we picked up a new series. And we'll catch you all up on this in just a minute. But here's some things that kind of go along with the, the series that we had. There were some examples of inventions and ideas that some people said couldn't be done. They doubted the ability to get these things done. Here's the first one. The first successful cast iron plow was invented in the United States in 1797. It was rejected by New Jersey farmers under the theory that cast iron poisoned the land and stimulated the growth of weeds. An eloquent authority in the United States declared that the introduction of the railroad would require the building of many insane asylums since people would be driven mad with terror at the sight of locomotives rushing across the country. In Germany, it was proved by experts that if trains went at the frightful speed of 15 miles an hour, blood would spurt from the traveler's noses and passengers would suffocate when going through tunnels. Proven by experts, they said. Commodore Vanderbilt dismissed Westinghouse and his new air brakes for trains, stating, I have no time to waste on fools. Those who loaned Robert Fulton money for his steamboat projects stipulated that their names be withheld for fear of ridicule were it to be known that they supported such a foolhardy idea. In 1881, when the New York YWCA announced typing lessons for women, vigorous protests were made on the grounds that the female constitution would break down under the strain. <laughs> 1881. Men insisted that iron ships would not float, that they would damage more easily than wooden ships when, when grounding, and that it would be difficult to preserve the iron bottom from rust, and that iron would, deflate, would deflect the compass. Joshua Coppersmith was arrested in Boston for trying to sell stock in the telephone. All well-informed people know that this is impossible to transmit the human voice over a wire. The editor of the Springfield Republican refused an invitation to ride in an early automobile claiming that it was in, in, incompatible with the dignity of his position. Doubters. All doubters. Now, we told you before that it is not bad to be a doubter. That actually, we do not stop becoming doubters to become believers. We are always doubters. Always. We will never stop being a doubter. We also will never stop being a believer. The two are not incompatible. The two will always exist together. Because a belief in one thing causes a doubt in another. I must doubt one thing in order to believe something else. If I am going to believe in the power of God, then I must doubt that the power of Satan is over him. If I am going to believe in salvation, then I must doubt reincarnation. If I am going to believe creation, then I must doubt evolution. To believe anything causes us to doubt something else. And so for so long, we have been battling as believers to stop being doubters. And all we need to do is deflect our doubt and put our doubt into other things. Simply doubt what the world tells us and believe what God says. That's all we need to do. And so we began looking at Mark 11, 20, 20 and 20 through, uh, to 20, excuse me, through 24. We were looking at, at that. And then last week we went over and looked at some things on choices. That we make choices. We choose to believe things and we choose to doubt things. And so we need to make sure that we make the right choices. So we spent last week looking at choices that we can make. But today we're going to go back over to Mark chapter 11. Because we're not quite finished with this yet. There's some more things that we need to get hold of. Some more things that we need to do. In Mark chapter 11, verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. We covered the whole passage of this two weeks ago. When Jesus, of course, passed by the, the, uh, the tree, we, of course, they went through the triumphal tree and tied those two together. How Jesus came up to the tree, saw the leaves, that it had the uh, uh, appearance of having fruit, just as Jerusalem had the appearance of being spiritual. But we saw that as soon as Jesus came in from 
the outside end of the city and they had all the palm leaves and all the stuff all over. He goes into the temple and he looks around, it says. They made point to let you know he looked around and then he left. And then he came back the next day and turned over the tables and cleansed the table. table. So he was pondering all night. Well, we came in, we had all this praise and worship and then I go in here and we see this. So what he saw was, I came to you and you had leaves like you had fruit and I came to see where the fruit when there was no fruit. And so then he came up to the fig tree and he came to the fig tree. Fig tree was the same condition. He didn't just pick on a poor little fig tree because he's mad at fig trees. He did it for a lesson. And then after he cursed it, he walked away. But there was no change in the fig tree. But the next day, the disciples came on by and they noticed the fig tree because they were saying, what happened? Let's go check out the fig tree. He cursed it. And they saw this thing. It was all dried up. I mean, that's, that's tough for a tree to go from good one day to dried up the next. That's not easy. You all know it takes a long time for a tree to die. They don't just die overnight. They, they take Some of your plants do, but not trees. They do take a little while. So they said, Master, the tree that you cursed, look at it. So now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to him, Have faith in God. Understand this. The purpose of Jesus doing this with the fig tree was not to teach the disciples a lesson. But he took the opportunity to teach them. He did not curse the fig tree simply to teach people faith principles. He operated in faith principles and when the disciples recognized it, he said, you know what? Well, just need to teach you some stuff about this because you ought to be walking in it too. Have faith in God or as your margin says, have faith, have the faith of God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, now here's the first thing we want to look at. Who is qualified to do this? Who is qualified? Look at what it says. For assuredly, assuredly, I say to you, whoever, how many are a whoever? How many whoever's do we have right now? I'm a whoever. You're a whoever. Well, aren't we all whoever's? I mean, whoever's anyone, right? So we're all whoever's. He's not saying whoever prophet, whoever teacher, whoever pastor, whoever missionary. He's saying whoever. I'm a whoever. But there is a qualifier. It is not just any whoever. There is one qualifier in this, but only one. You ready for it? Whoever says. Not whoever thinks. Not whoever wishes. Not whoever desires. How many times have we had things we want from God? Oh, I desire it. Oh, I want that. Oh, I wish that would happen. Man, I wish I'd get healed of this thing. Oh, I wish that would go away. What's it say? Whoever says. Whoever says. Doesn't say whoever lives right. Doesn't say whoever knows the word. Doesn't say whoever ministers. It says whoever says. Which means you could, be, you could have been born again yesterday and saved in a mountain today. Because that would mean you would be a whoever says. That's all you need. We've got to stop over qualifying ourselves. Whoever says. That's it. Whoever says. Well, I haven't been a Christian all that long. Whoever says. Whoever says. Again, not whoever thinks. Whoever says. Now, we told you before, when we went over the, the passage, Jesus didn't go up and start talking to the fig tree, did he? What did he say? Jesus answered the fig tree. He answered it. So the fig tree was talking to him. <laughs> Just like we got stuff that talks to us. How many of you heard it outside? It's cold. How many of you heard that spoke to you? It's cold. <laughs> and you had to answer and say. Some folks this morning answered back, I'm staying. You look around. You take, Some people said, I'm staying. I'm not going out. But you all didn't say that. You answered back and said, I'm going. <laughs> you answered back. But it spoke to you. I mean, how many of you all knew it was cold outside before you even went outside? You can just get that feeling. It's, it's cold. It's cold outside. Oh, we had fun this morning on the stuff because you know when you get all the snow, it just messes with your driveway. And it's messed with our driveway. And you can't park out in the street the same way that you can other times. And so we have all the cars in the driveway. So I'm out there real, real early in the morning and my car's not the first car. 
So I have to get into the keys of the first car, back the first key, the first car out, get it, get it so my car is free, get my car out, and then put the other car back on in, put the keys back in, and it's cold. When you all came out here, it was cold. When I left, it was colder. And I looked at that and said, I don't really feel like doing this. <laughs> I, I do not feel like doing this. It is cold. I did not have a coat on. But I, I just don't, I don't see the purpose of coats. You're just not outside long enough. Now, if I go outside to shovel a walk, I put a coat on. All right? I'll put a coat on there because I expect to be outside for a good hour. But, you know, if I'm going out in the car, I don't put a coat on. And don't all you moms who, mom wannabes, go out there and tell me how I ought to put a coat on. My mom will tell you it didn't work. And she was good. You know, she's good. She's a good mom. <laughs> it didn't work. I still don't put them on. We always had fun at the house because, you know, Christian, he would go out, no coat. And mom would do what she was supposed to do, you know, put your coat on. And dad would sit there and say, I can't say nothing to him. <laughs> I don't put one on myself. So um, we always have fun with that. But, you know, that, that cold speak was speaking to me this morning because that was cold. And so everything's icy. And mm, it just, it was not fun. You have stuff that's speaking to you. We went over some of the things. Your checkbook is speaking to you, isn't it? Your mail speaks to you. Because bills are coming. Your house speaks to you with repairs that need to be done. Your car speaks to you. There's stuff all around us, folks, that's speaking to us. There are things you are trying to accomplish, and every time you try and get them accomplished, it speaks to you. How many of y'all looking for a job? How many are looking for a raise? How many of y'all know every day it speaks to you? No raise for you. No job for you. They're not going to like you. It speaks to you. you got to get like Jesus did and answer and say. Now, Jesus didn't think it. Understand the disciples heard him. The Word of God made note to let us know that the disciples heard him. They heard him. Jesus was not speaking to the disciples. He was not speaking for the benefit of the disciples. He spoke for the to affect the fig tree. Simply because the fig tree was speaking to him. And he came back and he taught about this. Whoever says you cannot overcome your mountains by thinking about them. You cannot overcome your mountains by praying about them. We're going to get into this. This pastor's told us this is the difference between speaking and praying. You cannot overcome it by praying. You cannot get overcome your mountain by begging to God. You overcome your mountain how? Where Jesus said it. You speak to it. Do what Jesus said. Stop trying to reinvent this thing. Do what He said. How do you put gas in your car? Take the pump off. You put it in the hole. And you squeeze the trigger, right? No matter what gas station you go to, it's the same procedure. It's always the same. How many of you all get tired, a little tired of this procedure? Maybe like a new one. Maybe put it in the trunk. It won't work, will it? Why would you try and reinvent it? Does it not work just fine to put it into the spot where it's supposed to go? Why reinvent the thing? You know, why we talked about that before. Cars, the horn was perfectly fine in the center of the steering wheel. There was no problem here. Did anybody have a problem with a horn at the center of the steering wheel? We've been trained since we were kids. We bought those little tiny cars we drove in. Where was the horn on the car? Right in the middle. Thank you. Right, right in the middle. That's where it is. How many times are we driving down the road and we got one of those new cars that wants to reinvent something and we go to honk the horn? It's not there. <laughs> it's not there. No, it's it get one of those ones, you know, it has a little lever. You got to pull the little lever. Who pulls a lever for a horn? No one. We are not trained for this. I am not capable of pulling a lever to honk a horn. Because when I need to honk a horn, it's now. <laughs> honk that horn. And then they put it off to the side. Who wants to put it off to the side? I don't need it on the side. To, there's nothing in the center now. You didn't move it out of the center to put something better there. You moved it out of the center. Now there's nothing there. So you hit the center of the steering wheel. How many of y'all have a steering wheel? Center of the steering wheel. Nothing. Got to go over to the side. 
Who does the side? I'm tired of this side stuff. I want a horn. I want it in the center of the steering wheel. So when I run into a time and I need to honk a horn, let someone know I'm here. Be careful. I'm, I'm here. Why do we reinvent this? You don't need to reinvent this. Jesus said, you want to move a mountain? How do you do it? Speak to it. That's it. You don't need another way. This way works perfectly fine. That's all you got to do. Speak to the mountain. And how, how many people can do it? Whoever. Says. Whoever says. Do you have to be Jesus? No, it doesn't have to be Jesus, does it? Doesn't have to be a prophet. Doesn't have to be a teacher. So why is it we talk ourselves out of this? And we do. How many times have we talked ourselves out of it? We're, well, I don't really feel like speaking to my need for a job. I don't feel like speaking to my need for finances. I don't feel like speaking to my checkbook. I don't feel like speaking to my car. I just, I feel funny. <laughs> People might hear me. They heard Jesus. I don't see that Jesus was bothered by the fact that people heard him. Now, he, the disciples we know heard him. But how many other people probably heard him? They didn't write about them. Understand, the only qualifiers are this. First, a who. And the second, a sayer. Who, uh, whoever says. Well, says what? For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... To this mountain. we got too many Christians that are out there talking to God about mountains. Jesus did not walk up to the fig tree and say, Oh, Father God, I pray that in your marvelous excellence, in your majestic sovereignty, that you would see fit to come down and to curse this fig tree. For it has mocked me, and it has not produced fruit, though it seemed to be fruitful. Does he say that? Doesn't say it. But how many times are we praying like that? Quit it! Don't reinvent the wheel. The horn goes in the center of the steering wheel, period. Speak to the mountain. You got a problem with your money? You got a problem with your checkbook? You got a problem with the lack of a job? Speak to it. Whoever says to this mountain. It's a particular saying. It says to this mountain. Will you stop getting God involved? Because here's another thing we do. We'll go up to the mountain. We'll say, mountain be moved. Oh, Father God, please move the mountain. Oh, Father God, please move the mountain. Let people see that your power is... Jesus didn't do that. He simply went up to the fig tree. He spoke to the fig tree. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And he walked away. That's it. He walked away. See, most times we keep praying afterwards because we're doubting. We're trying to talk ourselves into believing. Believing the right thing. We're doubting the, we're doubting the right thing. Believing the wrong. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. That's it. Short stuff. The Word of God is not into long prayers. It's, in, it's into effective prayers. Pray effectively. But sometimes you know, we get this idea, well, I only prayed for that thing for like 30 seconds. That's already three times as long as most of Jesus' prayers. Go, go in there and clock them. I want you to go into the Word of God, read through the Word of God, and have a stopwatch and clock how much Jesus speaks to things. Okay, let's go over to Lazarus. Dead guy. You ought to, I mean, this ought to take at least a minute. Right? Dead guy. Lazarus, come forth. Four seconds? If you talk slowly. <laughs> right? Jesus does not say much. Does not say a whole lot. There's really no reason for it. Just speak to it. And believe. Just speak to it. What's your mountain? Be removed and be cast into the sea. That's it. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, Brother Hagin used to minister to us, to us on this one quite often. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he 
Four times in one verse we have the word says. Do you think what you say is important? How many times do you have the word believe? One. How many times do you have the word doubt? And yet we focus more on the believing and the doubting than we do the saying. What did Jesus focus on? Saying. Got to focus on the saying. We got to start speaking to these things. Now our problem, folks, is not that we don't speak through our problems. The problem is we don't say, be removed and be cast into the sea. How many of y'all know we're speaking to our problems just fine? We're listening to uh, Brother Keith on the, uh, my wife and I, she's in the shop standing with me. And we have on the, now I got one, I told you before, I got those little, cute little contraptions. Because I like effective contraptions. I like ones that work. I've had this one for a long time, and I plug this into my little iPod, and then she gets to hear, and I get to hear, and we both get to hear the same word. And we're in there standing away, and we're going, and we get to hear it, and she'll sometimes hear something, and she'll look a glance over at me, and, and I'll hear something, you know, as long as we see each other, we kind of communicate just looking at each other, because there's a lot of noise in the shop. I'm not going to communicate any other way. But he was uh, talking about it in there. How many times do we come out of there and we say, Oh, my bad knee. <laughs> right? Have it come on. Oh, that's my bad knee. That's my arthritis. This is what he was saying. He was talking to us about this stuff. Yeah, I got one of my migraines. Right? This is just what he was telling us. But I forget what are some of the other things he threw out. I forget, bad knee, bad back. Oh, my bad back. Bad ear. Oh, my, that's my bad ear. This is the stuff he was throwing out there to us. And How many times have we done that? And we don't just, I'll throw out some other ones to you. How many of y'all looking for a job and you come out of there saying, well, I don't know if I'll ever hear from them. Or you go up to people, how's the job search going? Well, it's been tough. No one's calling me back. No one's, what are we doing? We are speaking to our problem, are we not? We speak to our problems all the time. We're just not saying be removed and be cast into the sea. We're saying continue and endure. Prosper. You know, it's a, I'm a Trekkie, so I think of everything, you know, those kind of things. It's like Spock. Live long and prosper. That's what you are saying to your problems. You're speaking to your mountain. Live long and prosper. You may as well just get the whole... I can't do it. You may as well just get the, There it is. Get the old little V thing going on with the hand. You know, live long and prosper. Because that's what you're doing. You're speaking to your problem. Live long and prosper problem. I want you to continue. That's what you're saying. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I am not. You get offended. You get mad. I'd rather you get offended and get mad and eventually get over it. And get cured. Be removed and be cast into the sea. Get rid of it. Stop talking about it. Stop talking poorly about it. Now, I, I may teach you this stuff. It doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. I got to, I got to sometimes whip myself into shape and put, my, put myself in front of the mirror and said, Now, Steve, <laughs> you're, you are doing this wrong. And I have to talk to stuff. You all know, you know, I, I took a spill on the, on the hockey rink and I did the nastiest thing I've ever done to my ankle foot, whatever it was. I mean, it was bad. I will say, I did continue to try and play. I did. They all told me, I said, you need to stop. And I, and I said, if, if I stop, it's going to swell up and it's going to get real bad. I'm going to keep going. And I kept going. Eventually, I just, all right, I better stop. <laughs> and that was it. The next day, I couldn't walk on it. Well, actually, when I left there, I couldn't walk on it at all. I couldn't walk on it the next day. I couldn't walk on it the next day after that. It was weeks. Weeks. Now, my talking got messed up. Because I kept talking. Has it getting any better? Nope. <laughs> what am I saying to my problem? Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper problem. Keep on going. I had to be careful I was talking to other people. And so I, I just did this. I just quit talking to people about it. Stopped. I'm not talking to anybody about it. And I talked to my problem. When God hit me upside the, the head with that thing, I just spoke to the thing right there. All right. You're better. You're getting better. You, this is it. And so there's another guy that, uh, I mean, he, we were playing hockey. This was uh, back in spring, I don't know, April or May. And he was just running along the wall. And for w whatever reason, he j he's a big guy, too. He just dropped. 
and he let out a noise, then we knew Andy is in bad shape. We carried him to the car. And he's a big guy. What's really funny is I was one of the guys under him. I took one side, another guy took another. I'm not the biggest guy out there. So we're carrying him on out there, and he is large. We're carrying him, and he could put no weight on it at all. And so we, he and I, we've been exchanging emails, and so we both said, he said, all right, I'm going to set a target date. I said, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. I'm setting a target date. I'm coming back. And he said, I'm coming back too. And we both set a target date. He's not even a believer yet. Not yet. He goes to church and stuff like that, but he's not a believer yet. And so we set that date. And so I, I went on out there on that date. And I played hockey. Because I spoke to it. I said, you will not. You know what? My ankle's still talking to me. And I'm still speaking to it. You will do this way. We've got to, we've got to correct some things. Because sometimes we're doing it wrong. If I'm doing something wrong, I want God to correct me on it, slap me upside the head, and get me right. Because if I'm telling my problem, live long and prosper... Gotta change the way that you talk to it. You gotta speak to it differently. You gotta speak continually. Be removed. I'm thinking this. I mean, one time Jesus said to this problem, this is it. And really, only one time I said to my foot, this is it, you're done. I only said it one time. But I kept my focus from that point on. Nope, you're well. Nope, nope. Not, not giving in to that. Nope, nope. And I stayed on that track. What are you saying to your mountain? Do you say, be removed and be cast into the sea and then go on from there and do what he says? Or do you say, live long and prosper? I don't know if there's any equivalent to that in the um, Star Wars era. But, you know, people are either Trekkies or, or people, or whatever they call the Star Wars people. I, I don't like Star Wars. I just, I don't know. It just seems like if you like the Trekkies, yeah, the Trek stuff, then you're kind of averse to Star Wars. And the people who like Star Wars are kind of averse to Trekkies. I haven't talked to anybody who likes both. A whole lot, but I guess that could can happen. So I don't know if any of you Star Wars people out there are into uh, can tell me the same thing on the other side. But stop telling your problem, live long and prosper. We got to quit doing it. He says, "Be removed and be cast into the sea." He doesn't say, "Keep saying it." He doesn't say, "Keep coming up to it." Jesus, in his example, did not keep going up to the fig tree. I said, "Cursed." I said, "You're." Cur- I said, "You are cursed." He didn't do that. He said it one time. No one will eat fruit from you ever again. And that was it. Now look, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done. Now let me ask you this, folks. If you speak to your problem, be removed and be cast into the sea and the next day, be removed and be cast into the sea and the next day, be removed and be cast into the sea. Are you lining up with this verse that says but believes that those things he says will come, will be done. Are you? No. No. Now here's the thing. But believes that those things he says, I'm sorry, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. This is the thing that comes up. The doubts try and rise, not doubts of the things that we should be doubting. Somebody says, you really think that mountain's going to be removed and be cast into the sea? Yes. They may say, well, I doubt it. Well, I doubt you. Pastor Bob. Pastor Bob Yenya, my pastor out there in Tulsa. He taught this on this on this verse. That the word doubt is actually in the passive. It's not active. That doubt is acting on us. Doubt is acting on us. That means doubt comes from the outside and comes upon you and tries to act on you. It tries to get you to disbelieve that that mountain is going to be cast into the sea. And understand this is what's going to happen. If you are believing God for a job and you speak to that job that you need, doubts come in. Well, you're not really, you don't really think you're going to get this job. You don't really think you're going to get this week. You don't, you don't really think that this is going to happen. Well, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know. You see, and the doubts come and they begin to act on us and we begin to let them in. Does not doubt in his heart. Don't let these things rise up on the inside of your heart. Don't do it. When doubts come, I spoke to that thing. It's done. I spoke to it. Now, we don't want to just look at one example. Let's look at some other examples. When God said in the, in the um, Old Testament, 
Let there be light. Did he keep saying it? I said, let there be light. Let there be. I said, light. Light be. Come on, light. <laughs> he didn't do that, did he? He didn't do it. When God spoke and said, let the land and the sea be separate. Come on, land. Sea, pull away. Did he do it? He said it one time. One time. God doesn't repeat himself. He says it. Y'all can obey it if you want. I told you. When Moses struck the rock the second time, how many times did God say, go out there and speak to the rock this time? How many times did God tell them? Once. Once. That's it. God does not like to repeat himself. How many of y'all don't like to repeat yourself either? How many of you have said to your kids, I told you. <laughs> told you before. Weren't you listening? I told you. We don't like to repeat ourselves either. God doesn't repeat himself. He said it. We got to do the same thing. Speak to it. Write it down if you need to. Write down what you say, when you said it, how you, whatever was going on. Get a little book. We gave you those books a long time ago. Maybe some of you have them buried in the shelf. You know, you're not pulling them out anymore. But those, those books, we had the principal books for you to write down principles you learned from the Word of God. Well, we'll take a page in there and just write down some things you declare. My declaration page. These are the things I've said. And you write it down, you write it down when. And you go back through and review those things. This is what I said. I don't need to say it again. Because if you get to the point where you think, I've got to convince that mountain to be removed and be cast into the sea, you're going to get into a works mentality. It's not works, it's by faith. It's not about who worked at, who worked at it harder. Well, I said it more often than you did, and I got it done. Jesus did it one time. One time. One time. Speak to it one time. One time. One time. That's it. Because we're, we're out there. The devil will come in. He'll create doubts. You only, you only said that one time. You, you haven't said it at all today. Oh, I didn't say it at all today. Oh, I, that's right. I need to speak to that thing today. And, and it'll get you to tomorrow. I'll speak to it again. What is, what's he doing? He's creating doubts by you seeming to act in faith. Don't do it. I spoke to that before. I don't need to speak to it again. I spoke to it. It's done. Yeah, but look at It's done. Yeah, but what? It's done. I don't need to speak to it ever again. It's done. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Does not say, think. Doesn't say what he thinks in his heart. Doesn't say what he hopes. And it does not say what he prays. It says what? What he says. There are times, we're going to get into this in just a little bit. There are times, folks, we miss, we mix up saying and praying. And we're praying the things we should be saying instead of saying. Praying is not a substitute for saying. Got to make sure that you don't do that. Don't reinvent the wheel. The way God made it works just fine. It's worked that way for him. It'll work that way for you. Say it, believe it, and go on. Your real battle is not to continually say it. Your real battle is the doubts that come up against you. And that's what you... No, I'm not, I'm not accepting that doubt. I'm not accepting that doubt. Because we know... I know some of you folks looking for a job for a long time. That can get discouraging. Some of you folks got some health things. Been battling them for a long time. That can get discouraging. Some of you have some issues with families. Been going through it for a long time. That can get discouraging, can it? Does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. Now, the word there says is plural. It's not because we keep saying it. It's because there's ought to be a whole lot of things we're speaking to. Because there's no example of Jesus ever speaking to a thing more than one time. Speak it. And what you say needs to be a few things. First off, it is specific. Be removed and be cast into the sea. Lazarus, come forth. Let there be light. Let my people go. Are these not specific things? Be specific in what's going on. 
What you say has purpose. There is a purpose. You don't just rearrange the landscape. We're not just out there killing trees. There's a purpose behind it. There's a purpose behind it. That's why we taught you why Jesus cursed the fig tree to begin with. Otherwise, you think you go out there and like that tree and go out there and curse it. There's a purpose behind it. Because if what I say is specific and it has purpose, it will not cause doubt. But there's too many times, folks, we're out there and we're, we're saying things, but we have no word on it. We don't know what the will of God is on it. We have nothing specific, but we're just speaking things. You know, we're down there at Raymond. They used to always, the, the example they always used, you know, because most of the people going to school were single. And so some guy over here would see some girl over there and speaking to her, you're my wife. <laughs> Girls would be looking over there finding some, you're my husband. Never even met him. Didn't plan on meeting him. Just, you're my husband. I had a girl did that to me one time. I knew it. I ignored it. And one time, this, this person pulled, ducked their head into my office. I was single, but I still had an office. Ducked their head into my office and said, so when we get married? I said, as far as I know, never. She said, okay, and left. <laughs> I went on with what I was doing. <laughs> oh, man. Understand, look at this verse again. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in those, what? Things, not people. These are principles about things. These are not principles about people. You do not have the right to speak to people when they have a will. If God honors their will, then you have to as well. But mountains don't have to consider their will. Don't have to do it. Can't go over there and confess. Oh, you know what? I want you. You're my husband. No. That guy, that gal, they have a will. They may not want to marry you. To accomplish this, we must know what God's Word says, its purpose, and believe its truth for us. You've got to believe that what God's Word spoke is a purpose to be accomplished and that it's truth for you. And then, you can then you can contend with the doubts that will try and rise up. And does not doubt in his heart. How many times do we speak something but doubt it will ever happen? How many times have you gotten coerced because you know believers are around you, you get into a service and and then you go out there and you, you end of the service, we're going to speak to this problem. We're going to speak to this mountain. Let's all go. We're going to speak to this mountain. Mountain be. You get in there, mountain. And inside you're thinking, I don't think this is going to happen. But I'm going to speak it anyway because I don't want to stand out. No. You've got to go back to the Word, not your experiences. Build yourself up to believe. Build yourself up to believe. Build yourself up to believe. Brother Hagin, many years as he administered in, in healing, he would share with us a story one time when his wife wrote him a letter about his daughter that was, was ill and he didn't write her back right away. He stood on it for a day or two. And he went back to the Word of God and meditated on the Word of God for two days, three days, I forget what it was. And then after that, wrote her back and said, just tell her daddy said she's healed. But he didn't just jump into it. See, sometimes we need to go back to the Word of God. Don't not sit there saying, well, I know what the Word of God says. No, go back to the Word. Get renewed on it. Get yourself to the point where you believe. I know this is going to happen. Like we talked before about salvation. You know you're born again. You know you're going to heaven. You've got to be that convinced about whatever else it is that you're believing for, whatever it is you're speaking to. And does not doubt in his heart. As we said, doubt in this verse is passive. It's on the outside trying to work its way on the inside of you. It's, on, it's trying to act on you. Don't. Don't let it. But then he goes on. This is interesting. This is what I want you to, to see. Have whatever he says. Verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things... What? Things. things. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. Is he talking about speaking? We've switched. We switched. Look at what he says. Therefore, I say to you. In other words, because of these principles, as they work when you say, these principles also work when you pray. But saying is different from praying. There are some things you speak to. And there are some things you ask God for. 
You don't ask God to move mountains into the sea. You speak to the mountain, cast it into the sea. But there are some things we're told to ask God for. If any man lacks wisdom, let him speak to the situation. No. Ask. See, this is when we ask. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. When we get into prayer, we're asking God for things. Now, some people want to try and say that, you know, the ministers are out there that are teaching principles of faith and such, are, are getting into the name and claim it stuff and telling God what to do. We don't tell God what to do. God told us what to do and we're just doing what he said. He said, speak to this mountain, tell it to be cast into the sea. I'm not telling God to move it. I'm telling the mountain to be moved into the sea. We don't tell God what to do. God is the boss. He's God. We're not up out there just you know, dictating what God should do. And all. No, that's not it. But here we get into the thing. Therefore, I say in the same principles, based on the same principles, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. Now, we sometimes pray about stuff beside things, don't we? But this is talking about things. Whatever things you ask when you pray. Same thing. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. So let's take this as an example. Let's say we get up for prayer tomorrow morning and we find out I need some wisdom in a situation. And I get down on my knees and I say, Father God, I need wisdom in this situation. Your word said, ask and you would give it to me. I'm asking for wisdom. I need wisdom in this situation. And we get up from there and that's it. I don't got to convince God to do it. I just need to ask. You, know, you wouldn't appreciate it if your little kids came up to you and said, Daddy, 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 will you please take me to McDonald's? All right, all right, I'll take you. We'll go there for lunch. Daddy, Daddy, will you please take me to McDonald's? I just said, we'll go. We'll go for lunch. We'll, go, we'll, have, we'll have a good time. We'll go for lunch. We'll get this. You get whatever you want to. We'll have a good time. Daddy, Daddy, please take me to McDonald's. Look, I said we're going. <laughs> Daddy, 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 please take me to McDonald's. All right, that's it. We're not going now. <laughs> it's off. No way. <laughs> right? No, what do you, you want them? They ask. All right, we're going to go. And that's it. But what do we do with God? We come back later on. Yet, oh, God, I, no, I need wisdom in this situation. Oh, God, I need wisdom in this situation. Oh, God, I need wisdom in this situation. Next day. Oh, God, I need wisdom in this situation. Look at the verse. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Is that a person who believes they've received them? No. So here's your, here's the example of it. We go we Monday morning. We God, I need wisdom in this situation. And somebody who knows the situation that we're in, they ask us, they see us over at work Monday afternoon. How's that situation going? Do you know what you're going to do yet? You know, I have no idea. I've been asking God what to do, and He hasn't said anything to me, and I don't know. But I've asked God, and well, I just kind of believe. That you receive them. Is that a person who believes that they receive them? How should you respond? Simple. What are you going to do in that situation? Well, I'm just not sure yet. Well, what are you going to do? Well, by the time I have to make a decision on it, I'll know exactly what I have to do. Because I asked God for wisdom in it, and God said in His Word, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. God will give it to me. When I have to make a decision, I'm going to know exactly what I have to do. Is that a person who believes that they receive it? Absolutely. I'm not saying, well, I know something I don't know. I don't know yet. But you know what? When I need to make the decision, I, I'm going to know it. Who was the, uh, the guy at the orphanage? George um, Mueller. I remember the story about him. He needed a million dollars to keep the orphanage going. And the whole school knew they needed a million dollars. And I think they had something like a month to get it together. And, you know, two weeks went by. And they would see him in the lunchroom and they'd say, do you have it? No. Do you have any of it? No. What are we going to do? I don't need it for two more weeks. Another week would go by. They'd see him. Brother Mueller, do you have it yet? Nope. Do you have any of it yet? No. What are we going to do? I don't need it for another week. Another couple of days go by. Do you have it yet? No. Do you have any of it yet? No. What are we going to do? I don't need it for another three days. (laughs) How many of you? (laughs) 
He got to the day before, the night before he needed it. And he went to bed. He still didn't have it. Still didn't have the money. And the Spirit of God got up. He said, now this is over, he's over in England, I believe it was. And they, apparently in that time, they really delivered mail. They delivered mail twice a day. And so he'd already gotten the morning mail or, or whatever. And, and uh, he went down. He was, he was getting in bed. He was going to sleep. He needs a, this huge sum of money the next day. Going to sleep. And the Spirit of God woke him up or stirred him up before he went to sleep and says, did you check the mail? No. Go down and check the mail. I'll check it tomorrow. No, go down and check the mail. So he got up, went on down, got the mail out and checked it. And there was a big fat envelope in it. Pulled the envelope out, counted the money it was inside. It was, it was enough money for what they needed. Whatever that was they, they needed, it was enough money there. He counted it and his response was, oh, just enough. And went to sleep. <laughs> Most of us be jumping around, hooting, hollering, waking up the neighbors, letting everybody know. Now, see, that's a man who maintained belief, even though it was tough. We've got to make sure that our words maintain that belief. That we don't negate the things that we're saying. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus took this opportunity to teach us first off about saying, speaking to things, and then secondly about asking God for things. How many of you know, don't, don't, don't raise your hand on this one, just you know your inside hand, how many of you know could make a list of things you're supposed to speak to and things you're supposed to ask God for? Now, if you don't know what things you should speak to and what things you should ask God for, then how do you know what you should do? We've uh, used this as an example before, but if you go through the New Testament, is there a single example of anyone asking God for healing? None. That's easy because we've told you all before. We spent time in the past. We've gone through every single miracle in the Bible. Every single one. To look at them. Not a single time did anyone ask God. They just spoke to it. So that would be, disease would be in the category of mountain. Demon-possessed person. Anytime in the Word of God, anybody ever said, Oh, God, please deliver this person from this wretched... No. What did they do? Come out! They spoke to it. So see, that goes into that category. There are things that we need that fall into a category. They are either speaking or they're praying. And if we get them mixed up, and it's not hard. It's not hard to figure it out. It's not like, oh, we've got to study the Word for weeks and months to figure this all out. No. It's just simply this. What are you asking God for? Go in the Word. Find out what happened. And if you can't find it, then simply go to the Word and say, Father God, I need wisdom in this. I'm not sure if this is asking or saying. <laughs> so you said you'd give me wisdom. Give me some wisdom of this. Is it asking or saying? God will tell you. That's an asking thing. Just ask me. I'll take care of it right now. <laughs> That's a speaking thing. It's on you. You need to do it. Speak to it. Come on. I'm waiting for you. You need to speak to that thing. You need to tell it what to do. We've got to get out there. See, how many times, and us included, how many times are people asking God, Oh, God, please heal this brother. Oh, God, please heal this sister. Oh, God, please see it in your mercy. It's not an asking thing. Beside that, are they believing they've received? No. Don't reinvent the wheel, folks. Don't put the horn someplace funny. Want the horn in the center of the wheel. The steering wheel. That's where you want it. Because when you need to say or to pray, you want to go right to it. Speak to it. Ask God. Whatever it is. So therefore I say to you, this principle works with speaking and it also works with praying. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. First off, we said it was things. Believe when you pray. At the time that you pray, the time that you ask God is the time that you believe you receive. And you will, future, have them. That's what he taught you. That's what he taught you. Now, you can doubt these things and go on your own way. Well, I just don't think it's quite that so. Well, you would be wrong. You might be sincere. But you would be wrong. This is the example we have in the Word of God. And not just here in Mark chapter 11. 
It's all through the Word of God. Jesus didn't ask anything about God for Lazarus, the widow's son who was dead. He just spoke. The dead daughter, again, real short sentences. I say to you, arise. There's some people, folks, who've made some pretty stupid statements in the past. Born of ignorance, though they thought they were pretty sure. Charles Duell said, everything that can be invented has been invented. That was in 1899. <laughs> Have we invented a few more things since then? H.M. <laughs> Warner said, who wants to hear actors talk? <laughs> 1927, 1905, Grover Cleveland, sensible and responsible women do not want to vote. 1923, Robert Milliken, Nobel Prize winner in physics. There is no likelihood man can ever tap the power of the atom. 1895, Lloyd Kelvin. Heavier than air flying machines are impossible. Tris Speaker, 1927. Babe Ruth made a big mistake when he gave up pitching. The Michigan banker who advised Henry Ford's lawyer not to invest in the new motor company. The horse is here to stay, but the automobile is only a novelty. Gary Cooper. Gone with the wind is going to be the biggest flop in the Hollywood history. I'm just glad it'll be Clark Gable who's falling flat on his face and not me. <laughs> just because you say a thing, folks, doesn't mean it's going to happen. But whoever says and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will come to pass. He shall have whatever. Every single one of us here has had faith failures. We have had things that we have looked towards, that we want healings, jobs, finances, situations, we've got stuff that has gone on, hadn't gone well, and we want to fall back on our experience. You've got to stop falling back on the experience, and I don't care how many times it has failed for you before, because you can turn it around right now. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he shall have whatever what are you saying? Are you giving life to your sore back? To that pain in your neck? Are you giving life to the fact that the job market is discouraging? Are you giving life to the fact that, well, I just don't know if I deserve a raise? What are you giving life to? What are you speaking? What mountains are you moving? Now, all of us have some big mountains that are out there. We also got some small ones. We got some big ones. We got some small ones. How many of you could use some victories? <laughs> Wouldn't that be some good? We could use some victories. Get a little encouragement under our belt. I know y'all have big mountains, and they then the big mountains they do absorb a lot of our focus. If you need a job, that's a big mountain, and that's going to absorb a lot of your focus. If you've got a major health problem going on, that's a mountain that's going to absorb a lot of your focus, right? But again, how much focus can it absorb? Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. One time, just one time. If you have not done it this way or you have gone out there and you have doubted the thing that you said before, then I want you to go home and I want you to do this. I want you to write down and say, preferably in the presence of people. <laughs> I mean, this is so much easier when it's just by myself. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. But I want you to say it in front of some people so that they kind of keep you, keep you going. And say it in front of some faith people. You can say it in front of doubters too. Unbelievers, that's fine. But get some faith people who will kick you if you start slouching off on this thing. That's why you need faith people around you because they'll get, they'll get on you. What, are you. what are you doing talking like that? I heard that. That's not faith. Come on. Get with it. Write it down. Write down what it is you say. And then I want you to stand up and just boldly declare it. This what's going to happen. Now, you don't need to say it again tomorrow. You don't need to say it again before you go to bed. You don't need to say it 
ever again. But you will never doubt it. You come out, that's what I said. That's what's going to happen. I believe I've received it. I believe that's done. Is that not the Word of God? Are we teaching you what's in the Word of God? Does it say that? That's what it says. If we want success, we've got to do it this way. I can't reinvent the wheel. Because it's God's car. He puts the horn where He wants it. And He says, there it is. Speak to it. Ask God in prayer. It's one of those things. For the things. You're either speaking to the thing or you're asking God in prayer for the thing. You're doing one or the other thing. For the thing. Whatever thing you want. Is it a thing you speak to? Is it a thing you ask God for in prayer? Is wisdom a thing? Yeah, wisdom is a thing you, you speak to God. You ask God. Healing a thing? Yeah. Speak to it. Know where it goes. Speak to it. Ask in prayer. But besides your major ones that you're going to write down, I want you to find some small battles. Something insignificant. Something small. And I want you to speak to it. It can be one thing. It can be five things. It can be ten things. I don't care what it is. But I want you to speak to some small stuff and get it out of your way. Speak to it. You got a rodent crawling up there in the attic? Is that a thing? Rodent, die in the name of Jesus. Now, be careful with that because if he dies, you might have to go up there and get him because he'll smell. (laughs) So you may say, go outside and die. But but speak to the thing. I want you, the next week, I want you all to come in here and I want you to write some things down on a card. And I, I, this is my mountain. And I don't care how small the mountain was or how big the mountain was. I want you to come in here with some mountains. I spoke to this mountain and this is what happened. This is what came. And then to, next Sunday, we'll read them off to you. I just want you to write it down on the card. We're not going to go around the room and have everybody do it. We're going to, I expect a whole bunch of them and I expect to be able to have to just fire them all off. So we're going to say, Sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so spoke to this mountain and this happened. Now some of you are just, well, I'm not going to come next week. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to write something down. So you take note. Anybody's missing next week, you, <laughs> you go get them. <laughs> now I know some people can't make it every week because of, you know, work schedules and different things like that, but, but come in here prepared to, to change some things. Jesus wants us to rearrange the landscape. And if you could find reason in the Word of God for a mountain needing to be picked up and cast into the sea, He said, whoever says it to it can get it done. Mm-hmm. Whoever. And if you have the ability to move an entire mountain and cast it into the ocean, what else do you have the ability to do? What else is out there? In both speaking and praying, Belief must exist in both speaking and praying. Belief must exist when the words exit. In both speaking and praying, belief must exist when the words exit. Not when the thing happens. Believe at the speaking, folks, not at the scene. Believe at the speaking, not at the scene. Belief must exist when the words exit. So before you let those words exit, get into the Word of God. What does the Word of God tell you is yours? What does the Word of God say should be spoken? And then get up and speak to the thing. You can speak to stuff when people are around where people are not. You can come back and tell people, I spoke to this thing, I told this thing. But belief needs to be there. You can change your landscape. And then what you need to do when the doubts come, simply doubt the doubt. Like we told you before, way back in the first one, I doubt that. I doubt that. The Word of God says, you really think that mountain's going to move? I don't think that mountain's going to move. You just simply say, I doubt that. I doubt that. High blood pressure a mountain for you? Can you speak to it? Is it a thing? Jesus gave us two categories for all things. One that you speak to and one that you ask God in prayer for. Which one is it? Ask or speak and believe 
it's done. We're only getting started in this series, folks. We want to examine how to become an effective doubter. How to doubt the right things and believe the right things. How to doubt what the world is constantly feeding us and believe what God has said. How to speak to mountains and see mountains move. Because we all have some big mountains and we all have some little mountains. We've got to get some of these big mountains out of the way. We've got to get some of these little mountains out of the way. We well, got some mountains. We got some mountains here that we're facing individually. We got some mountains that we face here as a church. Mountains can move. Glory to God. Would you all stand up with me? No one turned in any prayer requests or wanted prayer this morning? If that changed, if something came on you, you and you wanted that to, to go on, just let us know. We'll pray for you right here and right now. If it's something we ask God for, we'll ask God for it. If it's something we speak to, we'll speak to it. But we'll do as it is in the Word of God. Glory to God. We can change some things, folks. We don't have to live with how things are. We can change them. And you know what? God gets glory, gets excited when we change some things. Oh, He does. Now, some of you are excited right now and you're going to get home you're going to remember all the past failures and all the things that didn't go right and all the things that didn't go right and you're going to be brought down. Oh, well, I don't know if it's really going to get any different. It's been that way before. And I don't know if it's... Do you believe the words of Jesus? Whoever says, be a sayer and be a whoever. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Speak to it. Speak to the things. Speak to your money. Speak to your job. Speak to your business. Speak to whatever things it is that you need. Speak to it one time. And then every time doubt wants to come up, nope, nope, nope. Not, not buying that doubt, nope. Not going not gonna to do that. I'm, believe, I'm on the believing side over here. I'm believing. Those things I said come to pass. Father, we thank you for your glorious word. We thank you for the things you teach us, the wisdom we get from your word. Oh, Father God, we give you the glory and the praise for it. It is so good to be around faith people, people who want to believe for you. It doesn't mean that we're always successful, always have been. We've had our slip-ups. We've had our failures. We've had our times that things just didn't quite work for us in the way the faith walk should. But, Father, we're around people who are going to encourage us and help us and say, that's all right, let's go. Let's get back up. Let's find out what did the Word say? What should we do here? And let's do this together. Glory be to God. Father, I thank you for a victorious church, for the victory that you give us. For Father, we are believing in you. We believe your word. Whatever you said in your word, we trust and we believe. Your word is our authority. Your word is our victory. And we thank you that you have empowered us not to tell you what to do, but to speak to the situations that are trying to dictate to us how we should behave, what we should fear, where we should go. But that's not what you wanted for your children. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us. We are victorious because you said so. Oh, we ought to go back through the Word of God and take take a look at the things you said about your church. You said it. (laughs) That means it's so because you said it. We don't have to say it. You said it about us. You said we are the righteousness of God in Christ and therefore we are the righteousness of God in Christ. You said we are forgiven therefore we are forgiven. You said our sins have been cleansed washed away therefore our sins are cleansed and washed away because you said it oh glory to god so many things father you said and because you said it it's done and father you told us i will provide for you i will take care of you oh lord jesus we thank you for it we thank you for the help that you give us glory be to your name we need to do the things that you said to do because there's sometimes in your word you said if you do this i will do this <laughs> oh we just got to get in there and do it and trust you. Because sometimes we get into a situation and we say, oh, I don't know if I can do that, but I really need you to do this. And God says, if you can do this, if you will do this, I will do this. Oh, glory to God. We thank you for those if-thens that are in the Word. And Father, we will be obedient. We will choose to do what you said. And we will see the power of God come on our behalf. Glory be to God. And Father, not just for our needs, 
not just for the things that we have need of, but Father, you sent us into this world to minister to a, to a world who has needs. Jesus didn't go around healing himself of all diseases. He went around healing others of all their diseases. He went around teaching multitudes. He went around casting devils out of other people. Oh, that's what he called us to do. Glory be to your name. Father God, the world needs to see the powerful God that you are. And you desire that we demonstrate it to him. So thank you for the help that you give us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So remember what you're going to be doing for next week? I don't care how small the mountain is. If it's such a small mountain that you, you're embarrassed, just don't put your name on it. All right? We'll give you that, that, that freedom. Just don't put your name on it. But let's, be, let's start speaking to some stuff this week. And expect it. Write it down if you want. If you, need, if you want to write them all down, write them all down. But especially those big ones, write it down. The date it. This, this date. I spoke to this thing. And it's done. All right. Y'all got some things you're going to speak to? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, you know, as Pastor was saying, there's some times where we know these things. We've been taught these things. But we tend to sometimes forget. And just like the Lord had to remind him with his ankle. Um, you know, I, I started doing that this week myself. I said, you know, Lord, your word is true. And I believe it. And I've been taught this faith thing. You know, I've been 